and I'm living a life that I can control, a life that that provides me freedom, right? And still make some money and be working on projects that I'm passionate about. But if I don't want to work today, I don't have to work today, right? If my kids have something going on, then I can do it. And I think that's getting back to this mental health issues that, that we see with the hustle, hustle, hustle. And, and again, maybe it's because we're in a different category because we're older, but I would much rather take it a little bit easier and have the things that I want that are important to me, family, right? Freedom, time, than to hustle, hustle, hustle and have all the money in the world. For, for what reason? Thanks for pressing play. That voice you just heard is Ever Gonzalez, a podcaster who's loved by entrepreneurs. And he's our guest on this episode of Christopher Lockhead, Follow Your Different, where we aspire to have real conversations that celebrate the people, ideas, and companies that stand out. And if you're a longtime listener, thank you so much. And if this by chance is your first episode, uh, here's what I'd like to tell you. Um, We are what's called a dialogue podcast, as distinct from an interview podcast. And if you're used to interviews, this is probably going to feel very different for you. In a traditional interview, what you have is a, a journalist or professional host, and you have a highly accomplished person who's been media trained. And what you and I experience when we experience the traditional interview is a pre-configured narrative by the host that gets highly edited by producers and editors. And we get a a guest who is very good at uh, referring to their PR rehearsed three key talking points and are quote unquote bridging back no matter what the, the host says to whatever their key talking points are. And so by definition, most interviews we've ever heard are pretty inauthentic because what they are is a collision of a pre-configured narrative by the host and talking points by the guest. Uh, this podcast could not be more different than that. We have real conversations that are hardly ever edited. And listen, I believe that this word conversationalist that you used to hear, that you almost never hear uh, anymore, is a powerful war- word. And that through real conversation is uh, a way to gain insight into topics that matter. And that's what we really focus on. The other thing about this podcast you should know is we're pretty different. Some episodes are on business, venture capital, entrepreneurship, uh, given my background, marketing, category design, and things along that line, uh, along those lines. And every once in a while, we have the world's leading authority on elephants on. And so uh, we've been described as the biggest box full of chocolates on the internet. And if you're somebody with a curious mind who appreciates real conversations, then you're in the right place. And if that doesn't sound like uh, you, then we may not be the podcast for you. (laughs) All right. We are sponsored by our good friends at Oracle NetSuite. Learn how to turbocharge the growth of your business and stay on top of the critical numbers and metrics for your business at netsuite.com slash different. I also want to tell you about a a brand new pocketbook that I love uh, called Crash Your Career by my friend Isaac Morehouse. Uh, If you're somebody who's starting your career or you know somebody who's starting your career, this is a great pocketbook guide to making your own place in your world. Check it out on amazon.com. Crash Your Career. All right, Ever Gonzalez. He's an entrepreneur, CEO, and top podcaster. He's a host of a podcast I really enjoy called Outlier on Air. 
And I really like this guy. He's awesome. We have a fun, informative conversation about how to design a business that serves your life, not the other way around. Ever shares his insights from his own entrepreneurial journey and what he's learned from talking to over 400 super successful entrepreneurs on his podcast. There's some real great practical insights for you on this one that you can put to work in your life and business immediately. Go to lockhead.com for the show notes and learn more about Ever and the key takeaways from this episode. Now, hey-ho, let's go. Ever, thank you so much for joining me. And I'm so excited to be here. No joke, you are one of my favorite podcasts. Uh, the, the being on is uh, is a, a complete honor. Thank you so much. Well, thanks, thanks for being on. I love joining you on your podcast. I love what you're doing. I, I love that you just called your podcast Outlier on Air. That's right. Yeah, it's it's uh, as we were going through all of the names, right? Everything that we can kind of go through and and call ourselves and. Um, nothing was finished. We spent two, three weeks trying to figure it out. And then all of a sudden, uh, I'm an outlier. I love what it represents. And I know, you know, Malcolm Gladwell with his book and then things like that, it was, it was popular, especially in 2013. But I'm like, I think, I think we're going to take it because it fits who we are and it fits what we're trying to build. And, uh, it's, you know, we haven't looked back 2013 is when we started this. Wow. Wow. And so you've been in this uh, podcasting space for quite some, or this entrepreneurial podcasting space for quite some time now. Yeah, we, uh, so I, my background's in logistics, right? Yeah. Since I was 22, I worked at the Port of Long Beach. I worked moving freight from all over, you know, all over the world. Uh, we were the third party uh, provider, right? So I didn't, we didn't have any trucks. We didn't drive any trucks. We just kind of negotiated the deals. And I had a great career there. And then I started my own freight management company after three years or so sold it. And then I was trying to figure out what I was going to do with the rest of my life. And so this was 20, the beginning of 2013. And I was like, well, until I figure out what I want to do, because I felt like I still had a lot of gas left in the tank. Uh, I was like, well, what do I enjoy doing? I enjoy talking about business and I enjoy talking to people. So how about this podcasting thing? I don't know much yeah. about it, but I want to know more. And so we started it, right? That was December, 2013, 422 episodes later. Uh, it's getting bigger and stronger every single day. And, yeah. and it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. And I, I love your podcast. It's, you know, it's very conversational. It's casual. Uh, I also, you know, a while back, I answered this question on Cora. Somebody had posted the question, how do I, it was the question was something like, how do I develop my podcast uh, host persona? And my response is don't develop a podcast host persona just be yourself agreed and it's what i love about your podcast i mean obviously you bring on great guests but um you know you and i have gotten to know each other a little bit and you tell me but my interpretation of you is the guy we listen to on your podcast is is the guy that you are you know you're not putting on you, you know you're not one of these i call them entrepreneurial porn stars you know one of these idiot characters yeah yeah, it's, it's, uh, well, first of all, even if I tried to do it, I don't know if I'd be able to do it successfully. Right. I, there, there are so many people, and I call it the, the radio voice, right? As soon as the lights come on, as soon as they, they hit record, they get their radio voice and hey, look. And that, no way. That feels so weird and so fake. And, you know, a lot of them are successful that way and good for them, right? I mean, it, it's the names that we know in podcasting for the most part. But, uh, yeah, I don't know that I'd be able to do, the, do it this long. And so 
I truly am curious about the people that we have on the show. And I, I'd like to think that it shows with, with the type of conversations that we have. And, you know, in the beginning, it was strictly a business podcast, a startup podcast where, I mean, it was the traditional type of, of show. We would bring in entrepreneurs. We would ask them questions that would answer them. We'd go for a little bit. And at the end, it was like, okay, what advice do you have for entrepreneurs? You know, that worked for us in, in, in the beginning. But halfway through it, I'm like, I think there's more to this. And I stopped worrying about downloads. And I stopped worrying about who's listening and things like that. And quite frankly, I became a little bit selfish with this. I'm like, I kind of built this little platform here. I want to talk to Andy Weir, one of my favorite authors. He's not an entrepreneur for the most part. He's not a CEO. but I'm going to call him see if he wants to come on the show and talk about his book that I love, The Martian, right? Got turned into a movie. Uh, and he said, yeah, I'll be on there. And so we had, we geeked out over his book and the, the how he writes and all those things. And I was like, I'm just going to have people that I enjoy on the show. Yeah. There's no agenda. I'm not trying to have my audience learn something. I think they do for the most part, but, but I certainly don't plan it out that way anymore. Yeah. Where we're going to hit where they started, where they are, where they're going type of discussion. Um, sometimes it leads to that, but for the most part, I just kind of bring on people selfishly that I want to get to know. And it's worked. I think since we kind of made that turn, we, we've more exposure, more people listening to us. Um, you know, we host this, this podcast festival that we're doing these, these entrepreneurial events as well. And it's, I think we're hitting our stride here and it only took us, you know, four years, five years and 400 <laughs> plus episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it's why I love what you're doing because I think, you know, I think there's a real fallacy that there's like, um, you know, my work life and then my life life. Like we're just we're just us. Right. And yeah. ever at work and ever at home is the same dude. Our motivations are the same. And sometimes we're working and sometimes we're doing other things. And so uh, I couldn't agree with you more. It's why I like what you're doing. Um, I also think. You know, we live at a time where we're, we're, we're overrun by uh, Kardashian ass selfies and, and these, these posers, you know, the, these entrepreneurial uh, poser guys. And, um, and so I think there's for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. And I think that's why you're being successful. People want real stuff. They want to talk to a real guy. And they like eavesdropping on conversations. That to me is that like for me with podcasting, I either want a highly produced podcast. Like lately I've been listening to um, the dropout, this series from, I think it's, I think it's ABC news about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos. Yeah. It's highly, great story. highly produced. It's incredibly well done. There's interviews, there's scenes there, you know, it's like a highly produced 60 minutes type show or 2020 type show, but it's a podcast. I think that's very cool. Or I like the other extreme, what you're doing, what I'm trying to do, which is just hopefully have some great conversations that are fun to eavesdrop on. And so, you know, this, and I know this, is it just that we're old school and like, who's listening to these hype guys, right? These, these, uh, you call them these, these fake entrepreneurs where it's just very little substance, but a lot of, a lot of noise coming out of who, who's following those guys. I, uh, you know, that's a good question. I, I don't really know. Um, I, somebody, I mean, somebody must be doing something if they are where they are, whether it's, you know, you're, you're looking at, at downloads or social media follows, things like that, or are they just faking it? I think some of them, most of them are faking it, but there's some truth to some of the people that are succeeding that way. Yeah. I think, 
you know, I just recently did an episode and a blog post called Fuck Hustle <laughs> because I think all this hustle, hustle, hustle stuff is stupidity. And yeah. You can talk about why if you like, but. Absolutely. It's, it's on my, listen, it's on my list. I had a, a list of things that I wanted to kind of chat with you. And that is one of them. When you were on my show, you, you called out a very uh, a high profile entrepreneur that his whole thing is hustle, hustle, hustle. And you were like, screw that. But it, it's, it's more hurtful than, you know, more harmful than good. And so, yeah, I, let's get into it. Yeah. I, I, so I think here's my assessment. I could be wrong. I think that uh, a lot of people today want to be famous. And so whether it's the Kardashians or whether it's Grant Cardone or Ty Lopez or Gary Vee or there's this new one. I hadn't heard of him until recently. He has a podcast called the MFing CEO or something like that. Oh, I've never heard of that. Oh. Andy something. And he, he spends the whole podcast swearing at you, telling you you're not working hard enough. <laughs> you're an asshole. And yeah. he, he's, he's this all jacked up looking, you know, testosterone, jacked up muscle head, kind of an idiot kind of guy. And I think what these, these guys are selling really is some motivation, which is fine. Um, but most of what they're selling is don't you wish you were me? Yeah. You know, and I think yeah. that's what the Kardashians are selling. Don't you wish you were me? I think that's what uh, the royal family in the UK is selling. You know, don't you wish you were a prince or a princess or something? And so I think they have a lot of entrepreneur fans who wish they could be like Ty Lopez. And the sad thing about that is these guys are substance-free assholes. And the number one thing they say is hustle, hustle. Gary V, I, I found this for my... Uh, um, the blog post I did about uh, fuck hustle. Um, he has a post out there where he says hustle is the most important word ever. Nice. Nice. And we can unpack why I think it's so dangerous and, and it's such bad advice. But um, I think at the end of the day, these guys are selling candy and they're selling some motivation. And most importantly, what they're selling is don't you wish that you could go on the internet, say all this buffoonery and have everybody love you too. It, it seems like a script, right? I mean, we can spot these guys a mile away for the most part. Um, and what I don't understand is, uh, again, why they are as big as they are if there's no substance behind it. I can see, you know, a, a good run of six months to a year, but some of these guys that are selling the hustle, 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 and, and this other social media type of um, hustle porn, it's there's some of them are sticking around longer than I thought. Uh, and so what's, what's the opposite of hustle then? I mean, if, if, if hustle is the, you know, this word that we hate that we kind of see a lot of, I see a lot of, um, because of the things that we do with our, uh, startup and entrepreneurial festivals and conferences, right? I see these young college students, these young entrepreneurs that that's, you know, they're quoting Gary Vee all the time. They're quoting some of these other guys and they waste a year, two years of their life because they're worried about the, the, um, the hustle, the image, they think it's sexy, right? Where I think it's dangerous. A lot of kids, a lot of people lose a lot of money trying to follow this, this sexy dream that doesn't happen because they were hustling. Yeah. Well, so what, what's, it, what's the opposite, right? I mean, what, what should we be focusing on? So hamsters hustle. <laughs> okay. Right. And so the question is, uh, number one, if you need to be told to work hard, and you want to be a successful person or a successful entrepreneur, and you need to be told that working hard is part of it, 
you should probably go get a job at the DMV. So I think the first part is hustle is a no shit Sherlock. We all, you know, to your point on Gladwell, we all read the 10,000 hours thing. And look, yeah. y- you can go back and look at any book uh, with anybody who's ever been successful and they're going to tell you the same thing. It takes hard work. And, and that's the reason we respect it, by the way. Anybody who's achieved something of, of consequence, the reason we appreciate what they've done is because it wasn't easy. If they could sit on the couch and drink beer and fart and have it happen, you and I wouldn't be interested in it. Right? <laughs> that's right. And so uh, the first thing about the hustle hustles thing is the reason it's stupid is it's a no shit Sherlock. It's an it's a, of course. And it's, it's, it's not that helpful. The second thing that I think is really important is um, hustle at what? Right. And so if you look at if you look at uh, if you look at it from a category perspective, if you're in a category where there's already a category queen or a category king and you're hustling in the space designed by them, you're never going to have a chance at anything more than a quarter of the economics. So you're wasting your time. And so what's not part of any of this discussion is the notion of smart work versus hard work. Of course, there's going to have to be hard work, but what we, we all want to get smarter. And idiots like Gary Vee, he actually comes out and says, you can't really make yourself smarter, but you can work harder. Well, that's absolutely asinine because yeah, I don't know about sure. you, but I'm smarter this year than I was last year. Agree. And I'm working really hard to make myself smarter. That's why I love podcasts. <laughs> I think that uh, once I read your book, Niche Down, it, it, it kind of made sense. And, and, you know, for the most part, the, the idea, the overall idea of, of the, your book, it's not a new concept for the most part, but to your credits, and your your the the co-author's credit, you guys explained it in a way that after you know twenty five years or so in in business, it made sense to me. Of course, of course, niche down. Of course, create your own category. You know all that good stuff. Right. And so again, to your uh, credit, I learned uh, and I'm smarter this year because of that book that I read late last year. And I think I told you on social media or something, but uh, every year. I pick a book that I kind of give out to friends and family. And uh, so I bought 20, 25 copies of your book and handed it out for Christmas. And uh, it was a great success. People Thank loved it. Thank Good you. read, but it's, it's deep in, in knowledge and, and the things that it can help us with. Well, thank you so much for that. And, and, and I guess that's my point and why um, these hustle pornographers, I think, are dangerous, right? Um, the other thing, frankly, all kidding aside, um, we have some very serious mental health issues in our country right now. And uh, for the most part, um, they're not being talked about. They're certainly not being talked about in the entrepreneur world. And uh, let me just let me just grab this for you so that I, um, uh, I have the data in front of me. There was a, um, an article on TechCrunch by a VC a few months ago about the um, mental health crisis in founders and entrepreneurs. And there's some data in here that I think is very, very important that doesn't get talked about. Uh, So number one, um, entrepreneurs are 2x more likely to have depression, uh, 3x more likely to have substance abuse, 10x more likely to be bipolar, 2x more likely to have a psychiatric hospitalization, and 2x more likely to have suicidal thoughts. So when you understand that and you understand that um, people are saying there's a, a 
entrepreneurial mental health crisis. It is irresponsible, in my opinion, to tell people hustle, hustle, hustle in that context. Right? We got to figure out how to take care of ourselves. And we also got to understand that our business is about our life. It's about building a 360 degree life and getting work and relationships and experiences and our well-being and, and, you know, our spiritual selves, if that's something that's important to us, all, all the components of our life, right? Right. And if you just hustle, 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 you can make yourself very sick. And so uh, it's just enough's enough with this stupidity. You got to work hard, 10,000 hours, carry the water. Absolutely. I had a paper route from the time I was 10. You've been working hard your whole career. No kidding. Uh, Enough said about that. (laughs) You know, it's funny because I think you and I are in similar um, times in our, in in our lives, right? We're a little bit older. We've had some success, right? We're still, I feel that in podcasting, uh, luckily I feel like I'm still in the trenches because if I didn't feel that way for a long time, I felt like a fat cat, right? Not, I didn't have the fire in me. I didn't have a direction, but now that I'm trying to conquer podcasting, right? That gives me reason to wake up in the morning to, to fight and fight and fight and which, which is lovely. But, um, I, I was trying to figure out what this whole thing's going to look like. And so I, I get, I get uh, students cause we, I volunteer at the university, uh, uh quite a bit coming to me and saying, you know, it's easy for you, the older guys that have had a little bit of success to come in here and say, life is good, work-life balance, right? Take care of your relationships, take, you know, take some time off, do, do these things because you've already made it or you've already, um, um, have kind of have some substance behind you, whether it's, it's income or all these other things. And I, and I don't know if that's the truth, but it certainly, certainly feels like it. I, I don't, I'm not at the level where I can retire, right. And not work for the rest of my life and just do things that I love. But I am, I'm kind of living that way <laughs> without the money for, for the most part, because I have three kids at home, right? They're young, 11, eight and nine. Um, and I, I think, I think sometimes my, certainly my, my mother old school, right. Things that I'm a little bit lazy when it comes to work because I work just enough to be able to pay the bills and take a, a few vacations and, and things like that and kind of do whatever we want. But I'm home a lot with with my kids because I know that they're not going to be around like this for very much longer, right? A, a little bit in a few more summers, I'm going to be the I'm not going to be the center of their world anymore, and they're going to be off, and they're going to be young men, young women, which is yep. great. I'm looking forward to that. But for now, I'm doing everything I possibly can to spend as much time as I can at home, helping them and and you know trying to raise good young men and a young woman. Um, so much so where I kind of got into it with, with uh, family members a little bit. There's a couple of companies here in town that have approached me out of the blue and said, Hey, we, we would love for you to come work for us. Well-established companies making uh, great products, offering great services, throwing a lot of money my way. Right. And, and uh, enough money where I obviously took notice and I was like, shoot, this is so much money that I at least have to talk to the wife about it. We talked about it. We're trying to figure out what to do we bring the kids into the conversation and uh, they're like, it's what do you mean? You're going to be gone nine to five and come home at six o'clock at night. What, Cause for all of their lives, they've never seen that. Right. I've kind of been doing something like this, something that's, that's similar to this for 11 years, 12 years. And so we decided not to take any of those offers and 
and I'm living a life that I can control, a life that that provides me freedom, right? And still make some money and be working on projects that I'm passionate about. But if I don't want to work today, I don't have to work today, right? If my kids have something going on, then I can do it. And I think that's getting back to this mental health issues that, that we see with the hustle, hustle, hustle. And, and again, maybe it's because we're in a different category because we're older, but I would much rather take it a little bit easier and have the things that I want that are important to me, family, right? Freedom, time, than to hustle, hustle, hustle and have all the money in the world for, for what reason, right? And it feels like you're, you know, I don't know you as well as I want to know you, but it feels like you are kind of in that situation as well. Cause you've dominated in marketing, right? And now you're kind of doing this podcasting thing and it feels like you're well balanced too. I mean, I, this is your life and, and you're, you seem to be having a good time. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And look, it's, I'm, I'm in a different place and, and I think that's fair, but here's the aha for me. And I, I wrote it in this blog post. Um, when you're working 51.5 weeks a year or 52.5, you know, weeks a year and um, you're working 60 to 80 hours a week. And in my case, I was traveling, you know, two to 400,000 miles a year for the better part of 20 years. Um, the truth is you are fried. Yeah. You're not serving your, for, forget your family and the other areas of your life. You're not serving your business well. You can't think properly. Uh, it, look, and I only have my own experience and the experience of people I've talked to and so forth, but there's no way you're exercising properly. So you're probably gaining some weight. Uh, you're probably not eating right. Uh, you, you might be drinking too much if you're me. <laughs> <laughs> um, and you're on a freaking plane all the time. And so the truth is, look, and I think I was really good at being the CMO of publicly traded tech companies. I think I would have been better. And I learned this later in my career. I started to take a lot of four and five day weekends and I started to learn towards the end of my CMO career how to pace myself better. And so I think the reality is if what we shared with younger entrepreneurs, younger people in their careers, say what you're trying to do is design a legendary 360 degree life. And look, there are going to be plenty of times where you will be out of balance and you should be, right? If I want to be Serena Williams, I am going to be out of balance because I'm, I'm going to spend a lot of time doing one thing and a lot of time not doing anything other than that one thing, right? And, and that's okay. But you will make yourself crazy and you will be less effective at that one thing. You know, I've gotten to know a lot of professional fighters and the number one problem they all have in their career is they overtrain. They overspar. And by the time they get to the fight, they're burned That's out. Right. Yeah. And so, and look, all of us are different. But the thing I think is we got to find what's the right pacing. Because nobody can be on all the time. You know, we had Andre Iguodala on my podcast from the Warriors. And one of the challenges he said being a warrior is every team they play, it's the other team's biggest game of the year because they're playing the Warriors. And they can't be at that level every game because there's so many freaking games. And so he talked about how the Warriors, the greatest team in the NBA today, have had to learn how to pace themselves over a long season. And then, of course, when the playoffs begin, that's like a season unto itself. And so there's this thing about pacing. I don't think it's about balance because I think if you want to be legendary, you're going to be out of balance. But it is about pacing. You know, this morning, there was a beautiful moon. 
So I got up and I went for a walk to the beach and I sat there and I watched the moon set for 20 minutes. Well, that's a nice way to start your day as opposed sure. to freaking yourself out on social media, sure. trying to figure out what's going on in Washington or whatever, right? So I guess my point is you can work really hard, but you got to find ways to pace yourself. And what I have learned the hard way and by screwing plenty of things up in my life, because by the time I was 38, I was deep fried. I was getting a divorce and you know, I could barely function anymore. And I sort of had to retire because from 18 to 38, all I did was work pretty much. And um, while I'm proud of many of the things I did, I wish that I had not been more balanced because I think that's not the way that's powerful to think about it. I think if you're going to be successful, you will be imbalanced. However, pacing. That's that's the hardest thing to do, right? And the hindsight is always twenty twenty. And because of the position that we're in, again, I'm trying to figure it out not only for myself, but so that when it comes time to kind of give that advice or to help those that that are coming up that are looking to us, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And and you're right. I think it is an individual uh, on an individual basis, right? Some of them are, are a little bit more uh, prepared to kind of be all in for a little bit. Others need a little bit more time. All that stuff. So. Yeah, I don't know what the right answer is, but it's certainly it's been a wild ride. And, and I'm, you know, we're involved with a few different projects and with a few different people and organizations, and it's been a lot of fun, kind of seeing the ups and the downs and stuff. But the mental health part of it is what scares me, right? Because sometimes it just comes out of the blue for some people, and and at that point, when I realize it, when other people realize it, I think it's it's too late sometimes. So it's something I take very seriously, and I want to know more about it. I want to be able to help more people about it, but. Sometimes I'm like, well, you know, what do I know, man? I'm just going to try to do the best that I can to be as kind to as many people as I can to kind of help people, you know, lift up as, as many others as I can. And, and I guess we'll see what happens. And, you know, I think there's a flip side of this, which is time is a wonderful thing to waste. <laughs> you know, there's this great Robert Earl Keane song where he sings, I kind of like this doing nothing. It's something that I do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The other one that we live at a time when being bored is the worst thing ever. And the second any of us is bored, we pick up our phone and we start sure. around, right? Well, For you know sure. what? Uh, recently ever, I deleted, with the exception of Instagram, because you sort of got to use uh, your phone for Instagram. I took everything else, all the social media off my phone. No Facebook, no Twitter, no LinkedIn. And I had sort of fallen into a trap that said, well, now that I'm this podcaster guy, author guy, I need to kind of be available and checking. and and. I just woke up one day and gone, this is an intergalactic bullshit waste of my time. Why am I yeah. doing this? And it's not to say that I don't like interacting with people on social media. I've actually enjoyed that more than I ever thought I would. But I don't need to check my Twitter six or eight times a day. I really don't. I can do so it. So how, how's that going so far? Great. Did you struggle with it in the beginning? No, because I, 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 I redlined myself and I was like, enough. Mm -hmm. And it, as soon as I got and then, I, you know, there were a couple of times where I realized, you know, I was in line at the grocery store. And I'm like, okay, well, let me check my Twitter. Oh, yeah. I don't have my Twitter. Oh, good. Yeah. I can just stand here in line and be bored. People are looking at you like, what's wrong with that guy? He's not looking at his phone. <laughs> or, you yeah. know, you get to the cashier and you look them in the eye and you say, yeah. hey, how you doing today, man? And you know, it's funny. I, 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 is, I'm doing great. How are you? And you actually have a, you know, imagine that. a human interaction. I've deleted them three or four different times, but then I fall back into that whole thing that you just mentioned. Uh, you know, I'm a podcaster. I'm trying to be online. I'm trying to, you know, connect with people. So I have to be available. Right. And, and here I am thinking to my audience, to my, the people that follow me, 
but you're right. It doesn't, doesn't really matter that, that much. Right. And the times when I was off was great. It's like a, a completely different world. Um, but then again, I, I kind of go back thinking, well, I have a, a conference or a festival or something coming up. I have to be a little bit more available. Um, but that's one of the things that right now I'm struggling with for sure. Wasting that type of time. But, but do you, you know, the, the uh, thing, the aha for me is if you want to, if you put it in that context, well, I have to be available to my audience. You know, you can fall into that trap. I have too ever. Well, first of all, I don't even know that I like the term my audience because it yeah. makes me sound like a douchebag. Just I know. That's why I hesitated saying that, but I can figure out another way to do it. Well, yeah. Okay. So that's the first thing, right? The second thing is, okay, so let's use that term for lack of a better one. What does your audience want? Well, as okay. a subscriber to the Outlier podcast, here's what I want from ever. You know what? I want some great episodes. That's it. Agreed. I don't agree. You know, and look, if you post some interesting shit on social media, whatever, that's fine. But I want you to do the thing that you've said that you want to do, which is to share these amazing stories and insights and do it in a way that's really inviting and do that on a regular basis so I can count on you being there. Yeah. And maybe I don't listen to every episode, but, you know, I, I know that when I fire up Outlier on air, there's going to be something there that I'm going to enjoy. And that's what I'm going to. And if you do that, that's great. And sure, we all want to be responsive, and I'm sure you've had this happen for you. It's it's tougher and tougher, particularly as your podcast uh, gets more and more popular, to be responsive to everybody. And sometimes things fall between the cracks. And and and, but on the other hand, you know, look, look, you also got to go for a walk and see the green set, right? And you also got to spend time. You have these wonderful kids, and you got to. We can't tether ourselves to this technology and think that this is the way to have a happy life. It's funny because as I'm doing it, I know this, right? If I'm giving advice to somebody else, of course I know this. It's just kind of up and down. I feel sometimes I feel a little bit too, you know, in my mind, too self-important where I'm like, oh, I need to, I owe it to people. But then I'm like, no, I don't. But anyway, I, I get weeks up and down that's, that I'm doing this. But the, the more we kind of, get through all of this, the, I, I, the less and less that I'm spending on it, but you know, it's, I enjoy it sometimes. And when I'm bored, it's one of those things that, that I do. And, um, but it's not, it's not long run. It's not healthy. It's not, doesn't bring me complete happiness. And luckily I'm in, I'm in a position where, you know, we, we do take these, these, we're in Utah, right? We're in Southern Utah, these beautiful red mountains. We go on hikes yeah. all the time. We have yeah. tons of, of cool things to do, uh, rock climbing, all those things. Yeah. And when I leave the, the phone in the car, when I leave it in, at home, it's great. And I know this. I, I just, I beat myself up over it all the time. The other thing that, about this business of being bored, I, I'm now soliciting bored. It's great to be bored. You know what happens when you're bored? You might actually think about something. Uh, agreed. Or you might actually just experience something. You know, maybe I'm, this is nuts, but I like to sit in the garden and play with my hands. They're funny. They're fun. <laughs> they're the greatest pets you could ever have. They're always happy to see you just like a dog or a cat that you love. And so, you know, go sit in the garden and, and chase the girls around for a little while. That's right. You know, um, and it's okay to stand in line at the grocery store and be bored for a second or to notice something. Or maybe, you know, there's somebody next to you in line you could say good afternoon to and be a human being. <laughs> it's the silence, I think, that scares a lot of people, right? We've had a lot of conversation. We have these these monthly uh, kind of dinner parties where we invite a, a few different couples to our house. 
And it's somebody explained it that they don't like the silence, right? Whenever it's quiet, then that's when they start to freak out in their own heads. And so either they're listening to podcasts, they're scrolling through Instagram, all that good stuff. Um, and that's back to the mental health issue. I think that that's a mental health issue, right? That we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be left to our own thoughts. A lot of good can happen with our own thoughts. But uh, on top of that, a lot of bad can happen too with, with our own thoughts depending on where we are. Was it, I'm trying to remember who said this. It might have been Deepak Chopra. Uh, it might have been, I don't know who it was. Uh, but somebody said um, most people's problem is they can't sit alone in a room with themselves. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> and the other one, to your point about living in a beautiful area, you know, one of my favorite John Muir quotes is there's no problem in the world that can't be solved by a long walk in the woods. Agreed. You know, and I like to go sit at the ocean and just watch the ocean. Yeah, you, you have, uh, I've seen some of your posts and some of the things that you're doing. You are, uh, so you have your chickens to, to keep you, uh, keep you company and then the beach there, which is, which is amazing. Yeah. yeah. If you've ever been surf. out to, to Southern Utah, you know how beautiful it is down here. And, uh, you know, it's, it's one of the, the sunniest places in the world and, uh, it shows and there are a lot of happy people because of it, I think. And so I think, you know, I think it's true for entrepreneurs, but I think it's probably true for everybody. We live at a time where um, the machines have taken over, right? We, 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 everybody says, oh, I wonder when, you know, the technology is going to be embedded. It's already embedded. Agreed. Right? Uh, my wife and I were recently in a car accident and we got hit from behind from a, by a woman who was in her 70s and she hit us so hard ever that she hit the back of our car, came bouncing along the driver's side after hitting us, scraped the driver's side of the car, and ended up about 15 to 20 feet in front of us after hitting us from behind. That's how much faster she was going than we were. And you know what she was doing? She was on on a fucking phone. Yeah. Right? That's scary. And that's a 70-year-old woman who should clearly know better, right? You could, oh, well, millennials, whatever. No, we are so obsessed with these devices that when we're driving a multi-ton vehicle, she was driving a big Mercedes SUV, right, that could have weighed, I don't know, six or seven tons. She smashed that thing into us and could have killed us. And there were people walking on the sidewalk who we could have gone smashing into. Luckily, we had a great vehicle. And luckily, I've had a little bit of defensive driving training in my life. So, and luckily she wasn't going faster, but the bottom line is somebody could have died in this accident. And what was she doing? Checking her Instagram? Like, yeah. Well, what was so important that she needed to check it right then, right? Yes. You know, it's funny. And I don't mean to, uh, go down on, uh, again, on social media, like, like this, uh, dump on it, but it's, it's cool and it's fun. And, you know, I can learn a lot about a lot of different people and find cool things on there. But when, and, and you know, this, when the the people that are creating these these apps and these um, you know different social media things, when they're not letting their own kids on it for long periods of time, and when they go back to you know using flip phones, man, that's telling us something. Right, right. And so I think it's all part of designing a legendary life, but we're all so distracted, and uh, it's really great to put our phones down and go have dinner with our spouse. Right. It's really great to go for a walk and look at how beautiful the moon is or just, you know, it, it may sound corny, but 
we need time in nature. We need time with each other. Uh, and these devices can be fun and all that stuff. But um, I think it takes some real discipline to to get it right yeah. and to find out where the lines are. And here's the big thing for me with entrepreneurs. And this is why I think these hustle porn stars are really terrible. They've They've gotten a lot of entrepreneurs to be confused about res- results. And uh, Tony Chan, uh, the entrepreneur and venture capitalist, said something so, so powerful and simple about this. The job of a leader is not to create followers. The job of a leader is to create other leaders. And so my value as a human being is not like my Twitter followers. Yeah. That's not a metric that really matters. And, and, and you know, the other one that makes me crazy in this regard is like, um, people, uh, people want to be an influencer today. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? And how is a 20 year old good looking girl or dude, you know, they want to be influencers and coaches, right. life coaches, business coaches, right? right. <laughs> it's uh, it's a little bit funny to me, but what, what are we going to do? Right. This is the world we live in now. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, with, uh, with the things that we've talked about and the things that we're doing, I'm curious as to, Right. I've, I've read a lot of your, your stuff. I've listened, obviously, to a lot of your, your episodes. And I think you are creating something pretty amazing with, with what you're doing and, and your attitude um, towards it, which I think is similar to what we're trying to do. Right? Niche down and build in different category. What, what's that look like for you? I mean, what's, what's next? How are you trying to do that with this show and the things that you're trying to build now? You know, it's gotten very clear and very simple for me uh, over time ever. I'm really only trying to do uh, two things. Um, Have a very good time and make a very big difference and to do that with people that I love. So is this fun? You know, listen, I I think having fun in life is I take it seriously. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think Spinal Tap was right when when asked what the philosophy of the band is. They said, have a good time all the time. Yeah. You know, listen, we won the life lottery the minute we were not born in Syria, because if you're born in Syria, you got a whole other problem you need to deal with. Right. And so we're lucky enough to be born in part of the world where, for the most part, our safety is not at risk. And we are, for the most part, free to express ourselves and to create a life of our own choosing. And nobody's going to stop us from starting a business and trying to deliver value. And and as a result of delivering value, make some money and all that stuff. When we're free to do those things, um, you know, I think we're free to go have a good time, the pursuit of happiness, right? And so I'm trying to have a very good time. And I'm also somebody who is trying to make a big difference. And, and the times I get down on myself are when I feel like I'm not making enough of a difference or the difference that I'm supposed to be making. And I go down a dumb path in my own head about that. But really, it's just that simple. It's can I, in, 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 in collaboration, in concert with people that I love, uh, have a very good time and make a very big difference to people? And ideally those things together, right? It's why I like podcasting. Hopefully I'm having fun, having some great conversations, and hopefully some of those conversations make a difference. Um, and, and really- That's, that's huge. That's it. I, I, it got, it's not very complicated and it's right to the point, but it's funny because it's, it's difficult to do. Why I do you think, think that caught, is? We get caught up in, I mean, I, I'm kind of on the same, uh, on the same boat, kind of what I described earlier, where 
you know, I'm 42. I'm, I'd like to think that I'm in the prime of my life when it comes to earning potential, but I choose to do it a different way, right? Uh, 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 with, with the projects that I work on, with the things that I'm doing, right? Again, I could be making a whole lot more money being an executive somewhere than, than what I'm doing now. But so that's when I get down on myself thinking, am I screwing up by not going out there and grabbing as much cash as I possibly can? Because I am having a lot of fun on the podcast. I am having a lot of fun with the podcast festivals that we host and the entrepreneurial pitch competitions that, that we do. Um, and yeah, it's a, it's a weekly debate for sure. Is this the week that I go get a real job, right? <laughs> or do I keep, do I stay the course and do I do this? And you know, for the last five years, it's still keep staying the course doing this. And, and it's something that I love. And, you know, I don't know how much impact I'm making on, on a global scale on the national scale, uh, a scale, but we certainly get a lot of emails and phone calls from people that have been to our shows, um, you know, our festivals, our conferences, and that have been on, on the podcast that we get great, great feedback from, from people that we're working with. And that's what keeps me going. Yeah. Right? And, and as soon as it stops to be fun, then maybe we'll talk about going out there and doing something different, but I can't see myself stopping the podcast anytime soon. And I, I keep telling people, even if nobody was listening to my show, because I don't have sponsors, I don't have to worry about monetizing it, right? Even if nobody was listening to it, I would still do it just because of the, the great time that I'm having, right? I'm calling on people that I have no reason to be calling other than to be on the show. And they're taking my phone calls, right? These authors, these musicians, these, these CEOs, these cool people, you know, the Christopher Luggins of, of the world. Um, and they're, they're coming on my show and we just have a good time. Yeah. And sometimes that's all that matters. And if we're making a little bit of a difference, awesome. If we're not, you know, what, when we first started, there's a, a very popular podcaster that says, and, and it makes sense business-wise. Luckily, the podcast for me was never business. You know, it, I'm, it's never a, it wasn't a business venture. We're making money because of the podcast, but we're not making money on the podcast. But anyway, he was saying, find your avatar, find your audience, and then put things in front of them, people, ideas that are going to be beneficial to them, which makes sense business-wise, right? But again, it, who, to me, it doesn't matter. If I'm having a good time, I think people that are listening are going to have a good time and they're going to get some value out of this. And so I, I'm, when people come to me and say, how, how do I start? How do I grow? How do I scale? How do I do this? I'm like, well, do you, are you doing it business-wise or are you doing it because it's a hobby and something that you're passionate about? And then I give them different advice, different direction, depending on what they're trying to do. Because if, if they're trying to make money off of the podcast, I tell them to do the opposite of what I'm doing. But if they want to have a good time and talk to cool people and be fulfilled in that way, then who cares who's listening? Don't worry about your numbers, your downloads. They'll come. But even if they don't, does it really matter? It, it depends on what your motivation is. Right? Exactly. It depends on what your motivation is. And, and this, you know, to go back to the hustle, hustle thing, if you say... My objective is a 360 degree life. That is to say, you know, I want to do great things in my career. I want to be physically fit and my have great well-being. I want to have amazing relationships in my life and be surrounded with people that I love and hopefully who love me. Um, I want to live somewhere, you know, that that really supports me and I, I, be in an environment where I'm stoked to get up every morning. Um, and then I want to make a contribution in the world. And listen, I'm also, I'm not Mother Teresa. 
<laughs> and make a shit ton of money. I, I, I wish on all of my friends massive tax problems. <laughs> Right. I, I hope you have a very expensive tax accountant. <laughs> and I think that's great. And I actually don't think those motivations are disconnected. I actually think they can be very much connected. That is to say, there are a lot of heart centered businesses that uh, fill the heart and fill the wallet at the same time. And I think yep. that, that's an unbelievable pursuit if you can get that to work. Uh, and I think making money is a great thing, if, particularly if you're doing it in a way that, um, you know, de is delivering real value to other people. And so I think all, all that's fine. And to your point, most of the people that I know who are super successful, if they tilted their life even further towards making more money, they could. Um, and so on the money thing, you know, it's interesting. Uh, I, I learned this in my early 30s. Uh, a mentor and a former boss of mine, the CEO of uh, Scient, Bob Howe, said this to me. He said, look, if money's your metric, then you're always going to lose. Bill Gates wins. And, and now Jeff Bezos wins. Yeah. He says, so if, if, you're, if your self-worth is connected to your net worth, you're never going to catch Bill and you're never going to catch Jeff. You're, you're just fucking not. Okay? Uh, now, if you want to be a billionaire and there's things you want to do, have at it. Absolutely. Go, go for it. Um, uh, but be centered around what is it that's really going to make a difference to you in your life. And money's part of it for sure. And financial freedom is an amazing accomplishment if you can make that happen. And if you have means and you want to do charitable things, that's an incredible thing you can do in your life. And so I'm a huge fan of making a lot of money, but doing it at the expense of having a life. And to your point, you know, you got young kids. Well, if you were an executive working 80 hours a week, they wouldn't recognize that. Yeah, for sure. That scares me. It's, it's funny. My wife calls me the, uh, a filthy capitalist with a hippie heart. I, <laughs> I like to make money. I like to do all this other stuff, but, um, I, I give a lot of stuff away for free, right? It's with, when it comes to our conferences and the different things that we do, and if I know that somebody can afford it, can do it, can pay for it, whatever, I, you know, I guess I, I give it away for free because I, I would rather have that person experience what we're trying to do again, because of, of what we do at a lot of conferences, festivals, I let them in for free, right? Their hundred dollars, their $200 is not going to make that much of a difference to me. And I just want people to come in, have a good time. Cause I think when people get together, that's where the magic happens. And so you know, she gets frustrated every once in a while when I'm like, eh, it's okay, let them in for free. Or we'll just do this at a reduced price because we do very production services uh, as well. But uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's one of those things where I'm trying to balance that where it makes sense that we need to make money free. It provides freedom, you know, the resources that we need. But I, I still have enough hippie in me that, uh, that I give it away for free. <laughs> it's funny, my buddy Eddie Yoon says, um, you should have two prices, insanely expensive, and free. Nice. And nice. if you do, if you do it that way, um, you can afford to do the free shit, right? Agreed. Right. Cause the insanely expensive stuff pays for the free shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it's funny. And we, we, this mentality, we've kind of built it into our sponsorship deck when it comes to our, our conferences, our events where we have sponsors buy up, uh, 10, 15, 20 tickets, so that we can give away to those that uh, want to come, but they can't afford it. And, and you know, we get money in our pocket. Plus we get a lot of people that wouldn't normally have been there and the sponsor gets a lot of good free press. And so it's, it's working, it's working well. 
the way we're doing it that way. Well, it's interesting too. My buddy Tim Road, who's the uh, founder of the nonprofit One Life Fully Lived, um, this is what he's done with One Life as well. If you can't afford to come to one of their conferences and you really want to come, then you just come. Oh, really? Yeah. It's a nonprofit. He tries to do everything for as close to free as possible. So he tries to keep things fairly inexpensive anyway. Um, but, you know, they have to charge money. They put on events. They do things. And they put together training programs and, and so forth. And so people pay for these programs. But if you email One Life and say, hey, listen, I really want to come to your conference. I really want to do this class. But, I, you know, I don't have the 150 bucks or whatever it is. Um, he says, great, then just come. Good for him. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And, and there's a lot of others that are doing similar things, right? Which is, I, I think, you know, a way of giving back, a way of, of having that, uh, that hippie mentality of, of helping others and not worrying about cold, hard cash every single time. Yeah, I do the same thing with speaking. I don't do very much speaking anymore, but I do a little bit. And I'm either really expensive or actually more expensive than I'm worth <laughs> or, or, or free. <laughs> yeah. And it works, right? Yeah, well, it works for me. I think I heard you say before what, one of our other conversations, you just go to the places that you want to go to, right? You don't have to worry about the speaking fee. You don't have to worry about this. If you want to go to that city, if you want to meet with those uh, organizers or those attendees, then you just do it. Yeah. That's a great place to be in life. Yeah. The truth is, you know, I had a lot of that in me before I had any money and uh, having some money makes it even easier. But, uh, yeah. you know, to your point, some people say, oh, you can do that now. Well, the truth is I had that attitude, you know, when I didn't have a pot to piss in as well. Uh, I probably had to eat more shit sandwiches than I would have liked. But uh, today I don't have to eat any shit sandwiches. Um, <laughs> but uh, or, 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 you know, very little. Every once in a while, you know, a car dealership shove one up your face or, you know, that's there's, right. still, there's still bullshit we have to deal with in life. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. My, my wife, who um, very conservative thinking, right, when it comes to money and life and things like that. And she's a good balance. because I think I'm the complete opposite when it comes to especially when I was younger. Uh, how to live and, and different things like that. I, we've, we've reached a point where we're pretty comfortable in the things that we do, right? I would rather drive a 10-year-old truck and have more experiences than have a very nice truck or a very nice car and not be able to do what we're doing with our kids, right? We, we started homeschooling our kids. My wife, you know, master's in biology, it, it, it started than me, right? Is taking over the, the, the teaching of the education for our children. And it's been fantastic. And, and on top of that, I travel quite a bit for my own events, but I also get invited to speak and uh, work at other events as well. And so I just bring them with me and we're having a great time with it. You know, and, and it's, it's one of those things where I'm like, is this, did I kind of walk into this and it's been kind of a, a, a lucky deal. And I'm sure there's a lot of that, but it's, we designed it this way yes. and it's paying off now. Yes. Right, where we've had some, some rough years after I sold the, the, the first company, but right now we're in a great position to kind of live the way we want to live. Uh, before we got a, we got a couple of letters from our principal, the principal at our kids' school saying, Hey, your kids have missed too much school. They, they can't do that anymore just because we're traveling so much. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. So we pulled them out now we're doing what we're doing and, and they keep excelling. I mean, they're pretty bright kids anyway, but now they're at a different level and it's, it's even better. They get to see me on stage. They get to see me do what I do best, right? When it comes to meeting people and networking and I bring them to my shows. It's, it's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Actually, you know, you just made a very interesting point there ever. Um, 
a uh, psychologist years ago pointed something out to me that I had not thought about in the context of uh, men's role uh, in the home and in the family. <clears throat> and it used to be, you know, if you go back when most of us were farmers or when most of us were small entrepreneurs, you know, I was the cobbler and you were the pharmacist and our buddy was a farmer and, you know, we had home lives and work lives that were deeply integrated, right? And so to your point, your spouse, your kids, they saw you doing cobbler work. They saw you farming. And and frankly, they had to do some of it with you because you yeah. needed help. You know, my, yeah. my wife grew up on a small uh, working ranch. And, you know, from the time she was four or five years old, she was working in the orchard, right? And so everybody's on the team to make it work. And so in that context, your children and your spouse and your family sees you as the man doing the thing that you're the best at, where you are the most, and I use this word on purpose, powerful. And so their respect for you, their admiration for you, their understanding of why, you know, you apply yourself the way you do uh, increases, right? Your children look up to you in a way that they, that they wouldn't if they didn't see you. Cause for most men, we're at our best doing the work thing that we do. Yeah. Agreed. Well, if you fast forward to today, most men work outside the home and they go to an office. And, and so our spouse, our children don't see us when we are at our best. They see us when we're tired we get home, we need a beer, <laughs> we need to lay down on the couch. That's right. Maybe we're grumpier than we would like to admit that we are, or we just had a shitty commute or whatever it is. And and your spouse and your children very rarely, if ever, see you when you're at your work best. And so that's a long way of saying it's a very powerful thing, I think, ever that you're doing because by incorporating your family into your work, they are participating in various ways and they get to see dad yeah. being ever on stage, doing his thing, being the man <laughs> at the event, et cetera, et cetera. And they go, Hey man, that's my freaking dad up there. Look yeah. at him. Yeah. It's paying off too. I mean, it's not only we're having a good time, but these are life lessons, right? They, they see that we can kind of, you know, to, to your point, and I, I'm, I'm doing things on purpose now after reading your book and, and, you know, following your philosophy. Right, I'm doing things on purpose to design the life that I want. Uh, you know, we were kind of doing that before, but now it just it seems clear now, right? That my goal is not to be the richest guy in the world. My goal is to be able to have a good family life, right, and be able to do things that that I enjoy with the people that I enjoy doing it with. And uh, so far, so good, right? And I can't imagine what it's going to look like when they're in their, you know, when they're in their teens. And I still plan on bringing them out and having them participate and do the things that they're doing now at an early age, right? Now, what's that going to look like? It's, I don't know what it's going to look like, but it's sure going to be a lot of fun. Well, yeah. And, uh, you know, I mentioned Eddie. Uh, he and I uh, recently wrote an article for the HBR about why so many powerful executives are leaving the Fortune 500 and becoming solopreneurs. It's, it's, to, it's to create what you're creating. It's, it's, it's not... Uh, I hope there's a bigger trend there. I mean, we, you know, we need those executives. We need those guys working nine to fives, the, the, the 80 hour weeks type of stuff. But uh, for me and my family, this is the, this is the decision. This is the life that we're leading. And, and uh, we're not looking back. That's for sure. 
And so if I, let's say I was a corporate executive and uh, I'm looking at you doing this stuff and I go, you know, I think maybe Ever's got some stuff figured out here. And I, and I wanted to take the first step to becoming a solopreneur or a, a, what I lovingly refer to as a small e entrepreneur. Um, you know, you've talked to so many people. You've had so many folks who, who've gone through this uh, on your podcast at your events. You know, what are the key things that you would sort of uh, have me focus on? Yeah, that great question. And it's, it's, you right again, we've had 400 plus episodes and so 400 plus people that we've talked to that kind of have, have done this or are doing it. And that, that's a, it's an individual type of a thing, but for the most part, find something that's going to fulfill you, right? If you're, if you're going to live, leave a high paid job, I'm sure it's a little bit stressful. I'm sure it's not always fun. If you're going to live, uh, leave the, the comfort of that paycheck, might as well go all in right? And find something that you're passionate about, but still brings in some money. Maybe not the same dollar amounts that you were making before, but obviously enough to provide for the family and then some. But if you're going to do that, right? Find something, whether it's podcasting or socks or whatever, I don't care what it is. But if, if you're, if you are into it and passionate about it, then you've won. You're going to win. And it's going to be scary, right? Leaving a lot of people listening to our show are nine to fivers that are that have a side hustle and that are going to jump ship pretty soon or thinking about it or they've been thinking about it for years but that's the scariest part once you quit then that's when you figure out you know you're smart enough somebody's hired you because you're smart enough to be able to do that job that you were doing no matter what you were doing you can figure out how to make a few bucks provide for the family and then do something that, that you're that you're happy about and it happened with me right the um the the day that my wife 11 years ago said came home and said hey guess what we're having a family you know we're we're having a baby we're starting a family was the exact same moment when i was like oh i have news for you too i just quit my job and so right i'm jobless i have a few ideas of of what i'm going to do with the freight management company but we did it we made it happen right and and i couldn't have picked a worse time to do it to jump off and and do it but it's you know, man, if I can figure it out, you guys can figure it out, but it's just a matter of going all in and the, and it's going to get better and it's going to be something, it's going to be hard. It's going to be, you know, not so fun sometimes, but if you keep at it and if you kind of do what you're passionate about, that bring stuff that brings in money, you're going to make it happen. I love and it. again, I, I, with that being said, I have to be careful here. Not everybody is built to be an entrepreneur, to run their own show, to be, you know, whatever you want to call them, solopreneurs, all this other stuff. Sometimes the best direction for you is to be the best number one guy or the best number two guy or the best number three guy at your company, right? Not everybody's supposed to jump off and do their own thing. Um, and so you have to figure out for yourself, am I that type of, am I built that way or, or should I be an executive somewhere for the rest of my life? You can still live a great life that way. Um, so once you figure out whether you are, then just go all in. If you're not, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to touch on before we wrap ever? No, this has been fun. I, I, uh, I can talk to you for hours. I mean, this is uh, your, your voice, your authority, the way you kind of think about things and you're doing some good in the world. And I, I really appreciate you having me on the show. Well, I feel the same way about you, buddy. I love what you're doing. 
I think you're an inspiration to a lot of uh, entrepreneurs and people who, who uh, want to strike out on their own. And uh, I hope you keep doing it for a very long time. Appreciate it. Will do. Thank you so much. Thank you, brother. Yeah, Ever Gonzalez on the podcast. So glad he took the time to join me. And uh, I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Now, it's got to be grow time in your business. And in order to grow, you got to know the critical numbers and metrics that drive your business. Uh, My friends at NetSuite want to help you master your growth. They are the number one company in cloud ERP. They provide what you could think of as a unified business management suite encompassing financials, CRM, e-commerce, and a lot more for over 16,000 customers. And interestingly enough, in 2018, 90% of the companies that went public run their business on NetSuite. And that's because NetSuite is the platform for growth. It's also the platform that allows you to do business anywhere around the world. And even small businesses are global businesses today. So regardless of your size, managing multinational, in some cases, multi-subsidiary operations can be a challenge. Uh, NetSuite addresses that and also allows you to tackle uh, multi-currency needs, uh, taxation, legal compliances, uh, right down to the local level. The uh, uh, NetSuite allows you to roll up regional um, uh, financials and put it together in a global consolidated, consolidated roll-up. Additionally, NetSuite allows you to do e-commerce around the globe with multi-language, multi-currency, multi-country, and yes, multi-branded web stores. So if you want to do business globally, NetSuite is your platform. As a listener to this podcast, NetSuite is offering you a free one-hour growth review with an expert in your industry who will help you figure out how to go from the garage to the IPO and beyond. So go to netsuite.com slash different today to set up your free one-hour growth review. All right. We would like to thank the fantastic Outlier on Air podcast hosted by uh, my buddy and our guest today, Ever Gonzalez. Check it out wherever you get legendary podcasts. Also want to shout out to the new number one bestseller by our friend and recent guest on episode 33 of this podcast, uh, entrepreneur, executive, turned venture capitalist, Bruce Cleveland. Check out his book. It's called The Traction Gap. And um, he was on this podcast when the book came out and it has recently hit number one. So congratulations, Bruce, and look out for The Traction Gap. Speaking of books that I like, how about HarperCollins' instant classic, Play Bigger? (laughs) How do you like that transition? How pirates, dreamers, and innovators create and dominate markets. The amazing nonprofit, OneLifeFullyLive.org. Dream, plan, and live your best life. And uh, when you go to OneLifeFullyLive.org, check out information on our uh, conference coming up this year, 2019, in uh, beautiful Southern California in October. The official coffee of uh, Follow Your Different is Verve Coffee Roasters, served in most of the top companies in Silicon Valley, in San Francisco, Los Angeles, Santa Cruz, Tokyo, and always at VerveCoffee.com. Uh, My friend, one of the most prolific and important writers working in the world today, Dushka Zapata. Uh, Man, she's got a series of outstanding books. Uh, One in particular is called How to Be Ferociously Happy and Other Essays. Check it out. And please note, we have an episode with Dushka coming up soon. Um, The Flourishing Leadership Institute, How to Facilitate Positive Change. Check them out at lead2flourish.com. 
Uh, and my friends in Australia, if you want to do legendary uh, marketing, check out rapidmedia.com.au for legendary marketing in Australia. And another nonprofit I love, the folks at kiva.org, K-I-V-A.org. If you want to help small entrepreneurs in the developing world with uh, uh, no interest loans, check out kiva.org. All right, I need to remind you that today's information is provided to you solely for informational purposes. And this podcast is a sole property of the Lockhead Oddcast Network. And uh, hey, I just want to say thanks. It's obvious that you folks have been sharing the podcast, and I want you to know that your word of mouth, your social shares drives our growth. And uh, when you do that, um, I deeply appreciate it. There's about a dozen folks who are involved with the production of this podcast, and they all appreciate it too. So thank you so much. Uh, I need to warn you that this podcast is highly flammable and remind you to be nice to your mother, support your local entrepreneurs, remember to buy John's crazy socks, be a podcast superhero and tell two people you love about two podcasts you love. And if you are a um, iPhone user and you have Siri enabled, you can just talk to your phone and say, hey, Siri, subscribe to Christopher Lockhead, follow your different. And that person will be subscribed. So the next time you're at a cocktail party, you're hanging out with friends and family and you want to turn them on to a new podcast. Why not give that a try? Only buy Pastor Ray's free range eggs. Thank you, Candy Dandy. I love you, mom and dad. And hey, Colin, this oddcast really ties the room together, doesn't it? Today, our deepest apologies go to Dennis Mullenberg, CEO of Boeing. Sorry, Dennis, we just ran out of time for you. That's it, my friends. Thank you so much for investing part of your life with me. Um, Stay legendary. And until next time, follow your difference.